We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to the Light Years After Show on Locker Room. Andy, did you believe Steve Curry said we're going to be more of a pick and roll offense? Uh, this game was literally every single game that we've watched 50 times this season. I, I wanted to believe him this morning, Steve. I, I, uh, wow, Steve, Sam, I felt like I was talking to Steve. I wanted to believe him. I wanted, I wanted to, to believe you, Steve. I wanted to. I wanted to believe him. And uh, you know what I really think happened? I bet you he knew. He's not a dumbass. I bet you he knew that the, the Heat were going to trap, which they did. So he said, I'm not going to run the pick and roll because it's going to play directly into their hands. I'm actually going to go back to what I was, you know, what, what the normal off-ball motion offense is because that's what's going to help Steph. And uh, instead, we just literally watched what's been, what's been happening all season long. Like, there's really nothing I guess you can do when a defense is locked in and you just don't have enough shooters. Yeah. Miami is going to switch everything. They have that type of roster, um, you know, picking up Oladipo, Ariza. God, they just have like the most just culture team of all time. Right. And uh, the Warriors, you know, Steve Kerr couldn't help himself, had to go back to the offense he trusts and likes. Um, in general, I mean, the Heat are a better team. I'm not going to be super Super upset over this one, right. but my, my first thoughts on this one were, uh, you know, let's let's talk Wiggins here. We got we have the full Wiggins experience here, right? So first half looks amazing, really talking yourself into him turning a leaf, and the second half is exactly why 
you can never consider him untradeable, in my opinion. Like, he does defend. He can get hot. He can do a handful of things that help you win. But he's just not consistent enough. I, I watched him take Bam Adebayo off the dribble and, and draw the foul, like, with ease. Like, he just goes right by him. Like, a little between the legs, crossover, right by him, draw a foul. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, yeah, I would love Andrew Wiggins to get a handle, but, like, there it is. And, like, that's the that's literally the flash where you're like, I, I like, I wasn't even happy about it. I just threw my hands up because, first off, you know he's going to miss one of the free throws, which he did. And, second off, it's like you just don't see that enough. It, it's – I don't even know how to explain it, Sam. Like, it's it's not like that play is unsustainable. He – Crossed him over, it went to the hole. Is that an unsustainable move? I feel like it's a pretty like standard move if you're a pretty damn good offensive player, which he was tonight, right? But you're not gonna see him do that more than like once a week, which is wild. I think he just got an angle on Bam that one time. I don't think he has enough handle to do it consistently. I also just don't think he likes contact like that. Tonight you got him as aggressive as you're possibly gonna get him. He had eight rebounds. He had six in the first half. Actually, now that I'm pulling up the box score right now, we can we can pull this out. He had 18 points and six rebounds at halftime. He ends the game with 23 points and eight rebounds. Uh, Miami decided to pay a little more attention to him, but mostly if you just get physical with him, you take him out of the game. Yeah. Fine player. He's going to play defense. He's going to hit some shots. He's going to do certain things, but – I kind of just think this is who he is. He's kind of a 15 to 20 point per game guy can get hot here and there. Doesn't like contact, not a playmaker for others. It's, it's fine, but you know, it's when you consider the fact that he's on a max contract, you can't, you can't consider him a piece you have to keep for eternity. Yeah. I, I, I don't get that frustrated with, uh, with Andrew Wiggins anymore because it's (laughs) like, he's like the epitome of this basketball game. Really? It's you know what you're going to get. You know, like something bad is going to happen. You're going to get angry. Sometimes you're going to see some good flashes. And um, this has been going on all season. The low IQ plays, right? The weird rotations, like who's playing, who shouldn't be playing. Nico Mannion came in. They went minus eight. I don't know why Juan Toscano Anderson's not playing. Draymond Green has 23 points. Looks fantastic on offense. But other than that, right? Like there's sorry, he had 18. I should say Uh, Wiggins at 23. Uh, But it's like season high. <laughs> but it's like just this this stuff where it's just we've seen this nonstop all season long. And I don't know, like I'm kind of numb to it. Like that that end of the first half sequence was probably like the like I want to hear your thoughts on it. Do you you know the sequence I'm talking about? The Kent Bazemore foul, the Steph Curry turnover, uh yeah. drawing the foul. Yeah, like that was just like peak 2021 Golden State Warriors. Well, it's just so I, I feel like they want to be a defensive-minded team, but I don't think they're good enough to play that kind of basketball. Like, they they can play some defense, but they just remind me – they want to be the Miami Heat instead of, I don't know, maybe the Charlotte Hornets be a run-and-gun pick-and-roll team, you know? And all, all things considered, I'm not sure it really makes a difference on the record anymore, other than it's frustrating to watch because – they don't have a good dollar. They don't have a reason. They don't have Bam Adebayo. They have all these guys who are that locked in to play that type of style. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you're saying is is kind of uh, our friend of the show, Vinesh from uh, GSW Fast Break. Um, I can't say his last name, so I'm not going to butcher it. But he just tweeted: Is it reductive to say the Heat are pretty good and know who they are, while the Warriors aren't as good and have no idea who or what they are? 
like that just it kind of speaks to what you're saying is that are the Warriors trying to be good defensively? Are they trying to play with pace? Are they trying to be grinded out? Do they actually want to run pick and roll? Like we have no idea what they want to do. I don't think he, they know either, right? Like I think they could do some of those things pretty well. But like if you're not going to try to do all those things all the time, then you're not going to be able to do any of those things really well. Yeah, they keep switching it up. They run pick and roll nonstop last yeah. game. Today they go back to trying to be the Miami Heat. It's, I don't know, it's a mess. I guess we should. So let's start in the rotations here. Do you think the rotations and kind of the fact that they don't have an identity and they're still experimenting 49 games into the season is a hindrance to this team at this point? Or do you think it doesn't even matter? Because there's a finite think- limit in terms of how good this team can be. Yeah, how good the rotations like does that really matter, right? Yeah, I think the scheme probably matters more. Like, like if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you could probably play any style you want. Same with the Lakers, and you'll be fine. You can switch it up per game per matchup. Um, I, the, the thing with the the Warriors is, I don't. You can't do that, right? You kind of pick one. They're not good enough to play this style this game and then go back to playing pick and roll next game. You know why? Because we just watched James Wiseman tonight. I have no idea what he's doing on the basketball court. Absolutely zero idea, and. That's because last game they ran one type of style on offense. In this game, they ran another type of style, and he doesn't know how to play that style. Like, he don't know where to go. Yeah, but he's going against an all-defensive team player. Bam it, out of but, it's, but it's pretty simple if you just simplify what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, right? And I just don't think he – I mean, he's obviously not able to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. They they should be simplifying everything for him. I mean, we see Nico Mannion come in also. That one minute he played, they go minus eight. I'm not putting that all on Nico, but he is a traffic cone. Uh, I don't really understand why, you know, they're they're super committed to him. I mean, I have my theories, but he he just he isn't that good. So uh, let, let's let's talk about one more thing before we get this moving. Uh what do you think of Steph Steph's game today? Uh, dude, I feel bad for him. He obviously is rushing back. Um, yeah, he looks in pain. <laughs> he looks in pain, but also one of those games where uh, we talked about a last game where he's just getting trapped, right? He's getting trapped. He has a few of those dumbass turnovers that he does when he's trapped, um, where it's just his turnovers are like pick sixes. It's not like he turns it over and then the, the other team has kind of like a control break and then they have like a long possession, right? Like those turnovers aren't as bad. His turnovers are literally he turns it over as the other team gets a dunk. Jesus Christ, man. Um, I, I, what can he do? Kelly Oubre is terrible again, right? And then he's playing on a James Wiseman. Yeah, he, well, I, what I'm saying is, right, like James Wiseman doesn't know what he's doing. Half the time he's out there. Um, and he's kind of playing with, with a lot of guys that are pretty useless on offense. And I think that's, that's kind of what he has to deal with. He had a cool end of game. I don't know, I don't know what, what to expect out of him, though. Maybe shoot more in the beginning. But, you know, we know the story. We know the story. Yeah, Miami was trying to take him out of the game. They were doubling him the whole time. It was kind of a rough night for him. But I would like to see him try to be more aggressive early. Um, that's kind of the tale of the season. When he feels like getting it going early, good things happen. When he doesn't, it's kind of a grind for this team, right? So let's talk about Kelly Oubre real quick, and then let's open it to listener questions. How's that sound? Yep. I'm starting to think they might not want him back at any cost to be honest, uh, forget the salary spot or anything, but just like I, he's playing like a dude who's just playing for his contract in general, just horrendous game. Uh, so many selfish plays. 
you know, maybe maybe it's the pressure of the contract. Maybe if that gets sorted, he goes back to being a little more normal, but just a t- terrible game, in my opinion. Tonight. Do, do you think this is as, as any worse than what he was doing at the beginning of the season? At the beginning of the season? No. Yeah, when he was slumping. Um, uh, okay, fair point. Yeah, if you're talking about Christmas-ish time, no, it's not any worse than that. Well, I guess like I, I'm asking because I'm I'm like I'm wondering if if, if Ubre is kind of letting that get to him, right? Like he, it sounds like he did at the beginning of the season. He let kind of the pressure get to him. So I wonder if that's the case again. If it's the contract getting to him, or is or if it's just who he is right now. Like who's to say that if he if he gets a four year you know fifty million dollar contract. Then now he's free and easy, and he's going to play a lot better. Maybe like he was in January. I don't know, but w- is it not better? Like, forget the salary stuff. That trade deadline's passed. Wouldn't it be better if they just put Juan Toscano Anderson instead of him right now and just play him? Like, would it not be better for the team? I, I feel like probably. Then in that case, then who- what does it matter if he's gone? I-, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, which is which is insane because then now you're playing yourself, right? Then, you- then why the hell is he even on the team? <laughs> you might as well have just got Spencer Dinwiddie at that point. Yeah, I, I I don't really know. It's it's just a very, very troubling play right now. There's no other way around it. So it's it's not I don't know what to make of it. I first off, I don't know what kind of market he's gonna have in the summer. There's no way around that. I don't I don't think he's gonna have the hundred million dollar offer he wants in the summer. But um this play right now is just I don't know, man. It's bad. I'm trying to figure out how he and Wiggins fit into the Warriors' long-term future, and I feel like there's only room for one of them. Or, or like how? Yeah, I mean that's true. Or like how? Or how? How him and Wiseman stays on the floor together? But I think you're right. Like maybe the better part is like how he and him and Wiggins can play together because both of them kind of need touches and aren't really real shooters. Like you can't have that. So like, would you? You would rather have like at least Juan Toscano is a glue guy, or you just pick someone up who's more of a shooter next off season, right? Like. Like, I'm not saying, like, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, like, someone like that, like, a veteran guy who can just stick there and just shoot, like, 37, like, conf- like absolutely no, like, no doubt about it, 37% from three, right? And doesn't make dumb plays and plays decent defense. I think, like, that's probably a better shot. And, and that guy will probably cost you what? Like, the middle of an exception, maybe? Like, I don't, I don't know, but, like, that might be a better shot for it. But it just sucks because, because you traded a future, or, well, a future two seconds, probably, right? Um, but, like, Still, man, like that's not good. Yeah, I agree. It's not. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I think it's too early. It's just it, when you see games like tonight, I get, I get a little nervous about it. You've heard us talking about it before, and we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. I don't know how many times Sam and I get um, people DMing us about how to start a podcast. So if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with the Blue Wire's top. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcasters, access to our community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site will charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or Sam or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join check out the description box for this episode to find out more that's bwhustle.com slash join look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three pot with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, we're going to open this to questions now. How's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. No, people are saying it sounds fine. So maybe I'm going crazy here because I'm complaining to Sam. I'm texting him. So, all right, guys, maybe it's my my brain. But, uh, yeah, let's get to some callers. What's, Keanu, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? Um, all right, I just think no one respects the Warriors anymore in the NBA, bro. It's, like, so bad. First of all, the end of the first half sequence, that shit was crazy. I don't know <laughs> what was going on there. They got like three points doing the bare minimum. And then Fitz got to be like the only announcer ever to cut to break saying, so far, so good after that. <laughs> I don't know. Dude's wild. And then in, that, in the fourth quarter, at the end of the game, it felt like a March Madness, like first round game where we were like Holy Cross and they were Duke. Like full court press up 10, switching a 2-3 zone. Like just no respect at all for like the Warrior shooters. Like it's just brutal. It's brutal to watch. It is brutal to watch. I hope Ooh. they enter uh, next season with a couple more shooters and a couple less uh, give me the ball. I'm going to try to create for myself type of wings. So 
man, they really overcorrected. Last year, they're like, we don't have any wings. This year, like, we, they, they get themselves a bunch of wings who can't shoot. So, I don't know. Yeah, um, the, no, the no respecting is, is real, though. Like, it just teams don't – like, they, it went from teams wanting to beat them because the Warriors were being the crab out of people for five years to now they're just like, well, Nemanja Bielitsa is just going to be a rim protector at five for, like, five minutes, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What, what, what were we watching there? All right, Keanu, appreciate you. And keep moving. Looks like Poole and Looney are going to be fine per uh, Tony Slater. So huh, maybe that'll be all right. That's good. That's good. Poole, I was going to say, Poole is a huge loss because he's probably their second best scorer. So you can't have him go down for a while. Um, Brad, what's up, man? First of all, fuck Steve Kerr for trading me. <laughs> <laughs> why why is Juan Toscano not getting any minutes like this is just uh, I don't know it's just terribly frustrating for me because I mean J- JTA is such a good basketball player I, I, I just don't understand the rest now I uh, appreciate that you know what that was my timeline was going crazy over that one why is Juan Toscano Anderson not playing and earlier in the season I was like guys it's not that big a deal but honestly when I look at this team Draymond's the he's probably the second best glue guy on the roster right so I, I feel like he has to play because they just need someone who's not thinking about putting their head down and charging the rim with no clue what they're going to do. And at least we know Juan Scott Anderson can survey the court and make a semi-intelligent decision before he resorts to that. I literally don't think that Juan Scott Anderson has played a bad game. Now, maybe my expectations are low because I didn't, you know, I last year, I, you know, part of it was just like, I don't know if he was an NBA player. He kind of skeptical about these G League guys, but just all season, he has not made a bad play or had a bad game. Like they're like, and also part of that is probably because I watched Kelly Oubre play all game and James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins, and I'm just like Jesus Christ! Like these guys might be the dumbest players on the three dumbest players on the floor every time they're on the floor. Like it's it's truly incredible how they do that <laughs> every night. Um, yeah, I so maybe part of the discussion there though, Sam, is like who is he actually going to play over? Because Nico's out of the rotation. Um, so you have the starting five, you have Bazemore, and then you have Damian Lee tonight, who's a shooter, and then Looney off the bench. So that's eight guys. Like, who is he going to play over um, in those situations? Jordan Poole, that's nine guys. So, you know, maybe that's worth parsing out. But I'm like, well, just don't play Ubre or don't play Bazemore in those cases. What what do those guys even do for you that, that maybe you can't get, you know? This is where the Ubre trade deadline thing is really curious. We don't know what the offers were for him, we, other than the Dinwiddie offer who's out for the year. Um, but they really could have used potentially moving Ubre for a different type of player just to open up some minutes for Juan Scano Anderson. Um, didn't happen. Now this is what they're rolling with till the end of the year. Yeah. Janelle, what's up? What's up? What's going on, y'all? Hey. Hey, I have I have a question for you guys. It Wiggins is who he is at this point. And that salary aside, is he better off off the bench and being a six man? Janelle, appreciate you calling in. Um interesting. It depends who they have. I think Wiggins' biggest value to this team is defensive, honestly. Like he's been more consistent defensively than I quite frankly, thought he was capable of. And because of that alone, I, I like him with the starting unit just because he's willing to check the other team's best perimeter player. Obviously, Draymond kind of controls the back line, is quarterbacking the whole thing. 
So I would not want to move him to the bench, but that's just with the caveat of who they have on the roster right now. They, they bring in a different construction of players. Maybe I change my mind. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, also the $30 million contract kind of requires you not to bring them off the bench. But I think bench players are usually you think of those guys that are players that can anchor kind of like a, a instant offense unit, right? Like Jordan Poole seems like he is just perfect fit for that kind of guy. For that, Sorry, for that kind of role. Um, and right now it, it does seem like Andrew Wiggins is the perfect third or fourth option and then like kind of takes the first or second wing, actually first uh, wing defensive role. Because then if you if you bench him, then your offense, which is kind of okay, gets a lot worse. Um, and and you really only have Draymond and, well, presumably maybe Clay, but then he's only playing 15 minutes a game, right? So that becomes tough. Um, I got a question for you, Sam. Do you want to see more Steph and Jordan Poole together? Oh, that is a great one. I do want to see Steph and Jordan Poole more together. Like, obviously, we know right. if they get deep into the playoffs – that's probably not a good – you got, like, Dame CJ issues there. But, like, I'm not really concerned about that right now. I'm concerned about them generating coherent offense, and he's clearly the second-best scoring threat on this team. So uh, I would like to see more of him on next to Steph. Uh, we should see how it looks. To me, Jordan Poole – I don't want to overhype him, but I think – I think he's a really good player. I think he has a chance to be a really impactful player, whether it's as a six man or whatever. So you might as well start experimenting with him a little bit. Hold on. What's your, what's your comp? What's your, what's the ceiling that you see for Jordan Poole? I I hear something that you want to say. What what is, what is the ceiling that you see for him? Um, You know, I I could, I could see him getting to CJ McCollum level. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's a little, (laughs) uh, that's a little on the high side, but when he gets going, I see it. I don't know. Um, wow. it's unlike it's unlikely he ends up that good. Let's be real, but it's worth, this. it's worth noting Jordan Poole right now is younger than rookie CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum did not play for his first two years. To be fair, he broke his foot like in training camp in his rookie year, so can't really blame him for that one. <laughs> but Jordan, I, I like. that is uh, you know, I'm, I'm bringing I'm bringing some some takes right now. I got a chair for up. Um, yeah, this is what we needed. This is good stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Tim I'm, to break that up. I'm telling you, man, he's he's good. He's good. There's an opportunity there. I I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. I'm, I I at least want to see more of him. All right, let's keep this yeah. moving. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, not used to seeing players who can shoot. So that could be it too. <laughs> well, we got Connor McGregor on. So uh, Maxwell, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Sam, you're on the money. Jordan Poole's a fucking baller. I don't care what anyone says. He's got it. <laughs> so I got I got two things. One, what are your what's your guys' outlook on uh, our success going forward? <clears throat> going forward, like, uh, would you rather us be a, a contender for like the next three to five years? And oh no, did we lose him? Oh, I thought that was me. So I, I assume what he meant was, do you want to see the Warriors go all in now for the next three to five years versus kind Maxwell, of waiting? Call, call back it, um, if, if you can. I don't know what happened with the app there. But yeah, do you want to see them yeah. go all in right now or play the long game? I think you and I want to see them go all in. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty straightforward. You just you got a chance to win titles now. Like, look at how good the um, 
some of these teams, look at how good some of these players have been in their careers. Like, I guess you could even throw James Harden in that mix or like KG. Some of these guys who are Hall of Famers, they don't win titles. Or if they do, they win one title. And it's just like, look at Dirk. He's won one title. And it's, do you know how hard it is to win a freaking title in, the, in, the, in a professional uh, sports organization? You know how hard it is? Like, Aaron Rodgers has won one championship in his career. He's like the third best quarterback of all time. And so, like, if you got a chance to win a title, which presumably you will if Steph is in his prime and healthy, like, you go for it. It's not a question. Tommy, what's up, man? Hey, what's, what's up, guys? Voice? Thanks for having me on. Uh, so, my question, actually, this is a perfect follow-up to what you guys just said. But I'm thinking, let's say the Warriors organization decides this offseason we're all in to win a championship right now. How many moves realistically do you think we are able to make? Like how many moves do you think our assets kind of add up to? Is it like one big one? Do you think we get two or three? What's realistic? So there's two ways. That's a great question, Tommy. Two ways to go about it. They can either kind of deal, you know, decide they're going to draft someone with the Wolves picks. You're bringing in a rookie. You have Wiseman. Obviously have the core three. You have Wiggins. Um, then they're looking at using the mid-level exception, a couple other veterans, and they, they're hoping to do something Spurs-ish in that capacity. Um, or what I really think they want to do, they just are waiting for it to become available, is package Wiggins and all their stuff for a superstar. The real question is, when does that happen, right? Uh, yeah, it's that one move that they're hoping for. I think we saw the cat rumor that came out a few days ago. Um, although I don't know if it's an actual rumor or not. Who the hell was that guy? Um, but like that, that's why that's why they didn't move pieces for uh, any of the players at the deadline. Now, you can say they probably should have moved Ubre for someone because like they're probably not getting a Bradley Beal with with Ubre, but like they want to hold on to the Minnesota pick and Wiseman for the offseason. And I think that's why these like next 20 games are so freaking important. It's not because you want it's like you don't, you know. It'd be great if Wiseman not because they're gonna in. they're gonna bounce off and win a title. Through this yeah, yeah, it's not that. It's not that, right? Like you want Wiseman to show, like he has not been good for months. You want him to show that he could be good, so that you have a chance to flip him if one of these if one of these uh, superstars on the market. Like that's why it's so important. That's why it's so frustrating too, right? Like you also would like him to be good so he can help you win games. Yeah, sure. Correct. Um and and that's why I mean we've talked about this ad nauseum but it's that's why it's frustrating that they're not playing to his strengths. Because you play to his strengths, he looks better, he's more impactful, you win more games, other people like there's no downside to it, really. No. The the downside is like yeah, he doesn't learn how to pass out of the pinch post. Like he can do that over time. It doesn't need to be the first thing in the world. Anyway, We'll keep moving. The Giants' offense is absolutely unstoppable. So, uh, can can I ask this question? When was the Jimmy, last what's time, up, man? When was the last time Uber played played a good game? Uh, the last time Wiggins played a bad game. That's the Uber. rule. <laughs> they, they literally do now play good at the same time. No, I honestly, I really think the last time Uber had a really good game was the last time Wiggins had a bad game because Wiggins has had like. Even though he had a mediocre second half tonight, mediocre is probably stretching it, but like um, he's played really good basketball for the last month, right? or for pretty much since the All Star break, and pretty much since the All Star break, Ubre's been like whatever, right? I would literally, I would literally right now give up Ubre for um, Iggy right now, like right now. <laughs> I don't care if Iggy's sixty five. I'm giving up Ubre. <laughs> 
Jamel, we appreciate you as always. Uh, Miami looks like looks they're like, on. Well, we're here on Miami. They look like they're ready to go on a run. I, I'm, I'm, I like that team, man. I like the way that they're constructed. I like that. They got a second half. Hopefully no more COVID, right? Hopefully they got the vaccine. I'm ready to watch these guys roll off some wins. Just uh, the, the culture, the culture all-star team. <laughs> um, all right. Hayden, what's up, man? What you got for us? Hey, can you hear me? We can hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, just asking. So, if Wiseman walks into Lacob's office, who, who said he's the, the best big man prospect since Joel Embiid, <laughs> and he says, "Hey, like, I, I, I need to, you know, like, like I need a team built around me, like, what, whatever." Oh, he's going doing full right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he's going full Chris Webber and says, "Hey, like." It's either got to be a full rebuild or, or you got to send me to a rebuilding team. Like, it's basically, it's me or Steph. What do you think they do? <laughs> wow, that's that. I, I did not see that question coming. I didn't see it coming and, and hate it. I guess I, I didn't mean to laugh at it. I, I just, I think that's a fair question if he were to say, you need to v- develop me the way that I want to be developed. If he's going to say me or Steph, I mean, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, get out of here, James. But, like, I think it's fair to, if you're going to say, like, like hey, to the develop me like how I should. It's near, near LeBron. <laughs> it's like, you, you kick rocks, man. Get, that, get the hell out of here. Uh, but, it, but it's fair to say, like, hey, help develop me the way that I feel like I should be developed instead of whatever is going on now. Um, I don't know, Sam, what do you think? Do you think front office is going to take his side? In this scenario, hypothetical scenario? I think they would be run out of town if they took his side. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's happening, but I do wonder if he's going to kind of voice some frustrations in the offseason. I kind of doubt it. Young players typically don't do that, but it's been a rough year for him. All right. Yeah, you, you got to be. You got to show at least that you're good in the NBA to do that. But right. <laughs> like, yeah. Nanny, what's up? Uh, hi, uh, so uh, typically I'm on your uh, Steve Kerr bashing bandwagon, but today I don't really have much hate towards him. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just frustrating that the team is filled with a bunch of, uh, what to say, idiots basically. Like <laughs> the amount of low IQ plays that I saw, like Ubre driving into four players that are just building a wall and he's just trying to jump over them and shoot. That's just crazy. So, my question was basically, uh, I mean, like, we all wanted Kurt to change the system to fit the players. But uh, if you think about it next year, uh, when Clay is back, or at least a portion of him is back, he's going to go back to playing his system, the the one that uh, took him to five straight finals. Right. So, how would it be to, how, would, how is it fair to young players uh, telling, I mean, making them play a separate way this, the rest of the season and then... Uh, not letting them do that in the next season. So, like, how 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 will that help the team? That's, like, that's a great yeah. question. That's a great question, Andy. We we appreciate you calling in. Um, I feel like that is that is the issue. Steve Kerr's system, like the triangle, really only works if you have a bunch of really smart veterans. Like, you need Andre Godala, you need Sean Livingston, you need Draymond Green, you need Kevon Looney, players like that. And this team is, I mean, this team's athletic, but I wouldn't say this team has, uh, uh, you know, 
the highest IQ outside of Stefan Draymond. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, uh, this was one of the few games where, I, yeah, I mean, this was a lot on the players. It, it felt like it was more on the players. By the way, Steve Kerr after the game had some pointed comments um, saying how, uh, saying in so many words, like, these guys should play with more urgency. We're in the stretch run of the season, right? Like, we got to figure this thing out. Um, so it feels like he's doing a little bit of the Phil Jackson trying to get these guys in the gear because this was one of the ugliest games played by the players. Like, I get it. Like, maybe you make the game more simplified tonight, but they were outclassed and they just were just not very good mentally. Um, but, like, what's the – Nandy's question is fair. Like, what's that gonna, how's that going to change next season if you got the same players? Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be a decision they make internally because, like, they, they can't expect to run the system that they ran – during the title run without a bunch of veterans. It's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So like you can either adapt, run a new system, get a new coach to run a new system or trade young players and bring in veterans. So you can run what the coach wants to run. But this whole like halfway thing, it's, it's not, I mean, it's going to be like this, right? I mean, if they bring in, if you, if they bring in Andre Godala, Nico Batum, Avery Bradley and Trevor Reza next season, then I could tell you, yeah, they could probably run that system. <laughs> like they could probably run that system. They, I would think that system would probably work. They might be the three seed, but they're not. They're not going to bring in those guys. And Marcus All, like they're not going to bring in those guys. Like actually, I don't know, but they would try. But like right, like that's not. It's not how it's going to work. You got to play Jordan Poole. You got to play James Wiseman next season. Like those are two key cogs, and they are not fit for this system. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Saxon, what, what you got for us? How you doing, man? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, good. Um, I had some thoughts on Pua and Wiseman, and I had like one trade I was thinking about. So I'll start on Pua. I think we should give him a chance to like start at point guard and play step to two and move Kelly to the bench because he's like the first time when they talk about extensions that I'm more productive coming off the bench. So maybe we should just try that out for like a few games and maybe see where this where this team goes if if he's if he's productive off the bench. Then maybe we can think about keeping him, even though I don't want to pay him twenty million. And yeah, that's on pool. And for Wiseman, I don't know if you remember the first time when Wiggins came to the Warriors. You remember when Steve Kerr did like this interview, and then he he told Wiggins that like this is this is it. Like if you don't make it here, then you don't make it anywhere. Kind of thing. I think he, that kind of even though it's really early, I think he needs to have like that kind of a talk with Wiseman because he plays like. He plays so sad or something. I don't know. Every time he makes a mistake, he, his head's down and he's like, whatever. I'm just I'm, I'm going to give up now. I'm done. Like, someone needs to have that kind of talk. I don't know if it's Draymond or if it's some veteran or something. But he needs to know that when he's, when he's angry, then he plays so well. Like, I think we've seen it like three games this season when he gets angry, then he plays really well. So I think someone needs to like talk to Wyson about this. Like, you need to give, give it your or your you're going to be gone like next or this coming off season. And for the third thing, I was wondering about, would you trade Wiggins and I don't know who you would trade them for the Warriors, but to get Jeremy Grant and Wayne Ellington, would you do that? <laughs> Sasha, I appreciate you. Ooh, I, hmm. I feel like that's a toss up trade. I think I'd almost rather keep Wiggins. I don't know that it does too much for the Warriors. But to his broader point, I do agree. They need to play Steph and Poole a little more. I don't know if they need to start him, but they need to play them a little more together just to see what they have. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, it's a little, hey, Sam, for, for you, 
It's a little Steph Dame, a uh, little Dame CJ ish. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not really a winning kind of backcourt, but like the Portland wins a lot of games. And again, you have Draymond and you have Clay Thompson. Like those are guys that are still really good at basketball and two guys that Portland doesn't have. Right. Um, so I think yeah, that's Portland, where I agree with Portland that. Portland has the worst center rotation in that literally has for years. Literally. Like it's just, if you're going to play guards, who can't defend. You better have someone behind them. Miserable. So, um, the Wiseman thing, I think he makes a great point. And I think, I think the Warriors uh, coaching staff knows this. Um, he is, he's not soft, uh, but he is, it, it seems like he is easily, he easily spirals. Um, and, and that's hard for a, um, I compare him to, we compare him a lot to Brandon Belt because um, Brandon Belt, when he first started uh, coming up in, in the, in the he's league, basically he spiraled. The, he's, He's basically the opposite of Draymond. Draymond can do some dumb stuff, like get into a get a technical for arguing and then just forget about it the next day, you know, the next play. Even. Yeah. I, I and we would see, I agree. And we would see Bell go on like one month long slumps, like just just hitting like 180. And you just be like, what is going on? And with Wiseman, it's it's I don't think it's that pronounced, but it's like you can just watch him in a game. Like he's out of the game in five minutes. And I'm talking mentally out of the game in five minutes. I don't know what you can do with that. You can play as much pick and roll as you want, but end of the day, like the kids got to figure out how to not lose himself in the game. Five minutes in man. Like you just can't play basketball. Or you can play a system that plays to his strengths and build his confidence. Yes. Yes. Sean, what's up, man? Yo, what's up guys? (laughs) Uh, I've been putting the avatar on. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Man, Wiseman, bro. Uh, I mean, I do see the upside. Like the he, you can't you can't give up on him. But like five foul, five turnovers tonight too. Like a lot of the times, the refs aren't giving him like good whistles. Like it's the rookie whistle. But like if he can't set those screens, man, have you seen him set a real good screen? Like what are they doing in the pick and roll in practice? I don't know. And what are they teaching him, bro? I mean, that's my my question. Honestly, was going to be like, who do you guys think is genuinely untouchable on this roster? Is it more than three people? I, it's a one person. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It's not. At this point, it's just one person. You are right, and I do think that's why it's like okay. So we see a lot of bad body language from James Wiseman. We see a lot of confusion, etc. But I'm also not convinced. I don't trust the coaching staff is actually putting him in a position to succeed. You're not going right. to get a Steph Curry with every draft pick. Right. He seems like a really nice kid who works really hard. You should probably be building the system to get him going instead of the other way around. And that's kind of what my, like, I don't know. It was the Bulls, but we saw it literally. They get him going early and you get a lot more out of him. Right. I mean, I, I agree. I also think, like, y- you're right, but, like, when he takes the matchup against all NBA defenders and then goes for that, like, baby hook, like, yeah, maybe it's the coach, maybe it's just the coaching staff. They got to tell him that, like, you know, play your strengths, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I do think he thinks he's Kareem out there. Sean, we appreciate yeah, you. And, like, he's trying to do that stuff, but it's like, Maybe give him a little more structure. It just, it, it seems to me he needs to be given a little more structure and like simplified directions. It's like, dude, we don't need you posting up. We don't need you running. Um, you know, I, I don't need you playmaking out of the, of the pinch post or anything like that. I need you setting a screen, diving hard or spotting up. 
he he is in a deep dark place right now where that spin move isn't working because it's scouted. Euro step in transition isn't working. Athleticism isn't working. So all right, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Mike, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Um, just a couple points. Uh, you guys said Coach Kerr was talking about you know playing with some heart and some grit. I, I don't think that's you know, that's not on the coach to do those things. You know, like that has to come from the players. And there's a lot of nights that I just don't see it come from the players themselves. You know, Mike, uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Do you mm-hmm. think they didn't play hard tonight? Because I think they played. I think tonight it was more that they played dumb as opposed to I didn't think effort was an issue. I think execution was an issue. I think they play hard in, in, in spots. I don't okay. think it's a consistent you know, thing all the time. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think anybody's scared of this team. You know, I, I think right. um, <laughs> it's not the know. 2017 Warriors. Yeah. I, and I'm not expecting them to be that, but I think teams know that we have one player in that step and try to stop him. So he doesn't beat you. Um, and, uh, you know, like you guys talk about Draymond some nights, it's like, you know, I'm screaming at the TV like, wait a minute, you're a you know, three-time champion. What? Why are you throwing passes like that? You know, like, it's just crazy. There, um, was, there was one in the first half where Jimmy Butler knew, even though Draymond beat him off the dribble, he was going to pass the ball. And Jimmy just kind of sat back waiting to intercept the pass because Draymond telegraphed the pass instead of just trying to make a goddamn layup. And right. it's stuff yeah. like that that gets really frustrating over time. And, and, you know, you see other teams do things like that. You see just – I sometimes wonder, like, at the, the caller before me, you know, it's like, do we practice together? Like, the turnovers, you know, it's like sometimes it's just like, do, do you guys practice together? Don't, don't you know each other by now? <laughs> you know, like, it, it's just really – but I'm going to get to my second, so I know you guys got to get to other um, – I'm probably in a company of one here on Wiseman. Um, I just don't see it, you know, for the future. And the reason why I say that is because they are literally teaching him how to play the game of basketball at a pro level. And I know he only had three games in college. He was probably a man among boys in high school. But as we all know, the pro game is different. Right. And, And I just... I'm, I'm, I want it for the kid. I really do. I just don't see it. I'm not saying he's a bust yet. He's trying hard, but they are literally teaching him how to play basketball. I do agree with you that we, and, and we've, we've been saying this all year. Um, it, he, how old is Steph going to be when he figures it out? That's like the question, right? right? That's, that's, right. that's the real issue. Cause I think he's going to end up being a pretty good player. Like we can argue about what his ceiling is, but I do think he's going to end up finding a nice little role in the NBA of being a productive player. I'm just not convinced that happens on the Warriors before Steph is an old man. Right. I, I, my last point is on, on, on Wiseman is I think if you look at, I almost think that maybe he should have went down to the G league for a couple of weeks, you know, and mm-hmm. got, yeah. you know, bearings together. Um, and then look at some other rookies, and I'm not going to talk about the ones we should have drafted, but, um, you know, they just have a little bit more natural ability. And maybe, you know, that's because, you know, like LaMelo played against grown men, you know, in Australia right. and 
Halliburton, you know, they got to get through their college season and stuff like that. So I'm not blaming Wiseman for what he's lacking in terms of his experience. It's just, I mean, I just don't, I, I see basic things that he just doesn't, right. do, you know. Well, so, appreciate you, Mike. We agree thanks. with you. It's a great, a great call. I mean, I, I don't think he's saying anything that, and there's a lot of people that are saying the same things about Wiseman. Like, I don't think right that people are concerned about him um I, I almost i almost have kind of flipped on the other side though sam i almost feel like man like if you look back on some of the bigs in the nba outside of like really the elite elite ones and i don't think you or i think that wiseman's ending up at his head as a top 10 nba player yeah, like, yeah you know what i mean like but some of these some of these bigs man demata sabonis miles turner man it took these guys years to become good so I yeah I get the feel stuff I get that he really sucks right now stuff but um, no nah, he's gonna be good but I yeah the big question is just number one is when is he gonna be good and then number two kind of like number number five is like how good is he gonna be because who cares how good he's gonna be if it's gonna take him five years to get there like Miles Turner is cool it took him four or five years shit man four or five years from now Steph is gonna be like Ray Allen in Miami like <laughs> that's the type of player he's gonna be right like with a little bit more of a handle so it's like I don't. I don't know what you do with that. Agreed. All right, Ricky, what you got for us? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's up, man? All right, what's up? Um, you know, throughout, throughout the season, you know, I'm wondering before each game, you know, what version of Andrew Wiggins are we going to get? What version of Kelly Oubre are we going to get? But has this season gotten bad uh, enough to the point where I'm wondering what version of Steve Kerr are we getting? You know, the chasing <laughs> the chasing wins version or the – I'm only going to change up the game plan to please the fans on Twitter version. You know, Bob Myers did say that Steve's experimenting. And on some level, I do agree he should experiment because their their chance of competing for a title went out the window when Clay got hurt. But on the other hand, it does feel like uh, schizophrenic where you're like, he wants... he's experimenting because he wants to figure out a way to play his way of basketball instead of just calling kind of calling a spade a spade and being like, this is the best way to play with the roster. And let's just maximize them that way. You got it. I got nothing for you. All right, Ricky, we appreciate you. We got two more. We got a couple more callers to get to them. I think Ricky has called in every time. And I, I shout shouts out to Ricky. Yeah. Here's our, here's our guy. What's up, my man? You guys good? Sure. My question to you guys is how many more losses before they start the tank uh, rolling, you know? I mean, give me four more losses and all right, let's go for that lottery pick. Two lottery picks, Minnesota and our pick. What do you guys think? Obviously, we're in the 10th spot right now. I don't think they're going to. I think I, – I just don't think they're going to. I don't think that there's any difference between the t- – Whatever, like right now, I think they're going to get the 13th pick. If they like try to tank command their way, they could maybe get up to nine. And just based on the talent in this draft, there's no sign. Like if they could lose to get two top five picks, then I'd be like, okay, well, that's, you know, it's hard to say no to. Uh, But like just based on everything I've seen and read, all the prospects between six and 15 are kind of the same. Um, In other words, uh, you have just as good a chance of getting a player at 13 as you do at seven. You also have just as good a chance of busting. Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, the fan base is probably going to be a little a little bit more annoyed than tonight. 
if they get a few more losses like this one. I don't know. Agreed. All right, side. Appreciate uh, you. I, I, I also think, like, yeah, thanks for calling in, side. I think part of it's too. It's it's a little disrespectful to Steph. Um, if you're tanking, and he's able to. Play. Yeah, <laughs> it's very disrespectful to Steph Curry if you're. Tanking I mean, it's it's, it's a different it's a different thing if he's just too beat up. But. Yeah, you're right. The tailbone, all of that. But if he can play basketball, like he's got to play basketball, man. I, I get all the like. It's probably better if you tank. Like maybe the difference between thirteen and nine is the difference between Clay Thompson or getting like whatever guy in the draft that wasn't good in the Clay Thompson draft. That right? wasn't but, Clay Thompson. <laughs> But but yeah, that wasn't him. But goddamn, man, like it's just it's hard to, to look at Steph in thirty three and just tell him like, hey, we're gonna tank for a top for a top back a lottery pick, you know, be, and then we're gonna sit you the rest of the season. Like if I were Steph, I would, you know, any competitor out there would tell you to fuck off. I also think, yeah, you're running into a major. Well, we've talked about this at nauseum. I, I don't want to ask Steph those questions. <laughs> All right, last, yeah, last it could last not be callers. me. It could not be me. Perk. Hey, Perk. so can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go for it. What would our record be right now if we had a healthy Marquise Chris? Ooh. We haven't talked too much about Marquise Chris this season, have we, Andy? Ooh. Yeah, it, we were kind of looking. We didn't talk about too much preseason, but he was one of he probably would have been one of the players that well, right now he'd be playing like 30 minutes. I mean, without a doubt, look, it's preseason, but he clearly looked the best of their bigs in the preseason. And I mean, he, he was figuring it out. I, I really do feel bad for him that he got the injury at the time he got the injury. I think I think he'd probably give him at least one more win, at least one more, if not two. Hard to say. Um, adding two wins is a lot, to be honest. But like, I, I think he'd make everything better for them. I, it, oh, sorry. I think he would have improved the situation. Yeah, um, I think also he's a good fit on this team, like whatever basketball that style that they want to play to. Like he's kind of a small ball five. He's a decent passer. He got a lot better on defense, still kind of mediocre, but like decent shooter. We would have saw him spread the floor a little bit, right? Like that would have been, honestly, you just would have been fun to watch. Uh, fun yeah. to watch. And you, and you are right. He's He can pass the ball enough. Like he can make the basic reads that they want him to make. Yep. All right, we're going to end it here. We'll be back. Uh, maybe Sunday or something. But until then, let's see what happens. Hopefully all the Warriors are still healthy. (laughs) See you guys next time. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.